And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the podcast you've all been waiting for, Legacy Story with Adam Solomini. very much wow i hope you are ready for another great episode of legacy story if you don't know my name is adam solomini and ultimately this podcast is meant to rekindle your own legacy story memories and ignite a desire to create more i like to think of this podcast as meeting at the intersection of inspiration knowledge positive habits and thought as well as legacy building And it's a four-way stop. You have to pay attention to what the others are doing before you can move forward, right? Feel free to write that down. In today's episode, I want to talk about the legacy of inventions that have changed the world, inventions that have changed lives, discoveries that have changed lives, some inventions that were completely accidental, and maybe I'll even throw in some bizarre inventions throughout history. Let's get started, shall we? First, we'll talk about the integrated circuit. The evolution of computing could be summed up as the ability to do more things with less space. That is why the integrated circuit is one of the greatest inventions of them all. It's something every school child should learn about because it's the single most fundamental piece of any modern technology underlying just about everything they're going to interact with for the rest of their lives. An integrated circuit or IC is an assemblage of miniaturized electronic components, all fabricated as a single unit. Everything is built on a sliver-thin semiconductor so that a single IC contains all the transistors, diodes, capacitors, and resistors. Although the IC is not the product of any one person, the underlying principles were first discovered by Bell Laboratories' William B. Shockley and his team in 1947. Their primary design would be later enhanced by distinct researchers in 1958, Jack Kilby and Robert Noyce, who came up with the first methods for further reducing circuit size. Our next invention, Velcro. On a personal note, Velcro in my house may soon become the devil because my kids haven't learned how to tie their shoes because they all love Velcro shoes. Does that make me a bad parent? No, it's Velcro's fault. Anyways, one morning in 1941, a Swiss man named George de Mestral noticed seed burrs from the burdock plant stuck to his dog's coat. Curious and already possessed by the inventor's itch, de Mestral inspected the burr tips beneath a microscope. Instead of seeing straight spines, as appeared to be the case from the naked eye, he observed tiny hooks that allowed the bird to catch and hold onto whatever passed with incredible strength. It took many more years of innovation, research, trial and error before De Mistral finally settled upon a design that would become a basic staple of modern life. Once he settled on a synthetic fabric, De Mistral also designed a special loom that could create the hook and loop fabric he needed. After more than a decade, he finally finished the prototype design and patented his work. By 1957, his first plant began mass-producing Velcro. While it certainly became a fashion aid and eventually a replacement for shoelaces, the incredible possibilities opened up by his technology. Just take a minute and think about all of the things that use Velcro in your life. Sit on your backpack. 
perhaps some clothing. Maybe it's holding up some draping. Maybe you have some industrial Velcro that's used in your garage. Here's a fun fact. Velcro is a type of word known as a portmanteau, a new word formed by mixing two previously existing words together. In this case, they were the French words for velvet and hook, velour and crochet, Velcro. Ah, the invention of post-it notes. In 1968, 3M employee Spencer Silver was tasked with the creation of a new type of adhesive, something stronger than what was currently available. His invention of sticky microspheres proved ineffectual, however, and the project was largely forgotten. It wasn't until 1974 another 3M employee named Art Fry realized that the sticky microsphere technology would be perfect for attaching a bookmark to the delicate pages of his hymnal book safely without leaving any damage after being removed. What followed was a notable revolution in note-taking. After a powerful marketing campaign that created the self-identifying name Post-it Note, the new invention stuck for good. On a side note, an American inventor named Alan Amron has claimed to be the original inventor of the post-it note and has fought successful battles against 3M regarding his rights to it due to his having presented on it in 1974. I'm a little hungry right now. Are you hungry? Well, our next invention, chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies dates back to 1938 and a woman named Ruth Graves Wakefield. Wakefield owned the popular Toll House Inn and decided to try something different to mix things up a bit for her guests. Instead of going for her usual staple of butterscotch nut cookies, she chopped up bits of Nestle's semi-sweet chocolate bar into her cookies and ended up with a world-altering phenomenon. The recipe spread far and wide during World War II when soldiers from Massachusetts who received care packages from home containing the cookies shared them, and soon soldiers from all over the country were asking families to send them their own chocolate chip cookies. Wakefield would go on to give the recipe for her invention to Nestle, who rewarded her with a lifetime supply of chocolate. Our next invention, glasses that treat color blindness. Don McPherson started out specializing in designing glasses for doctors undertaking laser surgery that could block out the harmful light and help distinguish the difference between blood and tissue. Incredible and stylish, some of these glasses even started vanishing from the operating rooms. An incredible enough invention on their own, they got their boost in a whole new direction quite by accident. A friend of McPherson borrowed his glasses one day and found out that he could suddenly see colors that had previously been invisible to him. Based on that, McPherson realized that the rare earth iron embedded in the glass of the glasses was somehow affecting the way his friend's eyes perceived light. You see, there are three photopigments in the eye, commonly referred to as cones, one sensitive to blue, one to green, and one to red. The green and red photopigments overlap to some degree in most people, but a problem can emerge when they overlap too much and photons of light entering the eye aren't landing on the right color pigment. For most people who have color blindness, this is the source of their problem. Years of research and design later, McPherson's company N-Chroma now specializes in bringing color to the colorblind. His invention is able to treat around 80% of all cases that come through their door. The next invention, the Bessemer process. The Bessemer process made it possible to mass produce steel. This was a huge innovation in construction and led to many important advances. 
The process was invented independently and concurrently by Sir Henry Bessemer of England and William Kelly of the United States. They did this in the 1840s. While different methods are used for steel manufacturing today, the Bessemer process was an important building block, and without it, we wouldn't have any of the towering skyscrapers we have today. One inventor who invented quite a few things that everyone has used at one point would be Walter Hunt. What did he invent? Well, he invented the sewing machine, the safety pin, the fountain pen, a tree-filling saw, a rifle, a cartridge, and an icebreaker for ships. Those are quite a few things that make your lives easier, isn't it? Next up, Joseph Lister. While attempting to solve the problems of infections and wounds, he studied some of the works of Louis Pasteur with regards to the usage of carbolic acid in sewage treatment. After doing this research, he began treating his patients' wounds with carbolic acid and also forced their surgeons to wash their hands before and after treatment with a carbolic acid solution as well as clean the surgical equipment with the same. He is known as the father of antiseptic treatment. Now I may brutalize some of these upcoming pronunciations of names and places, but I'm going to try it out. Born in Modenahali village in Bangalore, Mushkagundam Visvesaria has won several prestigious awards for his amazing contribution, including his nation's highest honor, Bharat Ratna. He was the creator of automatic sluice gates and block irrigation systems, which are considered to be marvels of engineering. As a matter of fact, every year on his birthday, which is September 15th, India honors him by celebrating it as Engineer's Day. Without his invention, the glorious modern dams the world boasts of now may not have been possible. How about some accidental inventions? Percy LeBaron Spencer was working on magnetrons, high-powered vacuum tubes that generate short radio waves called microwaves, when he accidentally discovered microwave cooking. The engineer was doing his job as usual when he noticed that the candy bar in his pocket had melted. Quickly, Spencer realized that it was the magnetrons that were causing this phenomenon. By 1945, he had filed a patent for his metal cooking box powered by microwaves. Back in 1942, Harry Coover was looking for materials he could use to build clear plastic gun sights for the war. What he discovered instead was a chemical formulation that stuck to everything it touched. However, his discovery was rejected because researchers didn't see a need for such a sticky formula, and it wasn't until 1951 that the same formula was embraced and repurposed by Coover and fellow Eastman Kodak researcher Fred Joyner. They patented the invention as alcohol-catalyzed cyanoacrylate adhesive compositions, aka superglue. How about potato chips? One of America's most popular snack foods, the potato chip, was invented in 1953 by George Crum. <laughs> what a great name. George Crum happened to be a chef at the Moon Lake Lodge Resort in Saratoga Lake, New York. One day, a customer of his complained that their french fried potatoes were too thick and mushy. As legend has it, Speck's solution was to thinly slice and fry some potatoes until brown, and the patrons loved what was to become the first ever batch of chips. Let's go way, way back. Because they lived in such high altitudes, the monks of Champagne had plentiful access to all the best grapes. The problem? 
When the temperatures plummeted in the colder months, the fermentation process on the wine would stop temporarily, and when it began again in the spring, there would be an excess of carbon dioxide inside the wine bottles. This would give the wine unwanted carbonation. In 1668, the Catholic Church decided that it was time to handle the situation, and so they brought a French monk named Dom Pierre Perignon over to Champagne to fix the fermentation problem. However, by the end of the 17th century, people had decided that they actually enjoyed this drink. Thus, Perignon's task changed into making the wine even fizzier. Eventually, Perignon developed the official process for making champagne known as the French Method, crowning him the inventor of the celebratory sip. Another fantastic invention that was created by accident is a staple in this house, and that is popsicles. Believe it or not, the Popsicles creator was none other than an 11-year-old boy named Frank Epperson. Frank simply mixed some soda powder with water and left it out overnight, with the stirrer still in it entirely by accident. When he woke up in the morning, Epperson decided to lick his frozen soda blend, and he found that it actually tasted pretty delicious. Originally, the young entrepreneur declared his concoction the Epsicle, combining the word icicle with his name but he later amended the name to Popsicle as children would refer to the ice pops as Popsicle. Speaking of soda, I have to talk about the invention of Coca-Cola, something I have in my hand right now. Yeah. The man who created the syrup for Coca-Cola was not a chef or even in the food industry. The soda's inventor was a pharmacist by the name of Dr. John Stith Pemberton. He was seeking to create a cocaine and caffeine-filled alcoholic drink that people with chemical addictions to drugs, including himself, could use to wean off of morphine and other drugs. When prohibition hit, Pemberton was forced to take the alcohol out of his formula, though the cocaine remained for decades, and the first bottle of Coca-Cola was made in 1886. What about your tires? The invention... Vulcanized rubber is used to make durable things like car tires and was accidentally invented in 1839 by Charles Goodyear. Ring a bell? Though he had been trying to create a weatherproof rubber for years, he was only successful in doing so when he accidentally dropped some regular rubber mixed with sulfur onto a hot stove and found that it still maintained its structure. Eventually, he worked on the invention that ultimately led to the things you're driving on, your tires. Some of you ladies might like this accidental invention, the Botox treatment. In the 1980s, a San Francisco ophthalmologist was testing out new treatments for crossed eyes, and then he found it. What he also discovered was that his treatment had miraculous facelifting side effects, leading to the creation of Botox. The inventor's name? Dr. Gene Carruthers. How about some bizarre inventions from the past? Have you ever heard of the massage helmet? Well... <laughs> In the 1960s, you didn't need to visit a spa to get a relaxing head massage. You could slip on a massage helmet for an air-powered scalp rubdown. This invention is still available today, albeit in more modern, portable forms. How about the Siamese dancing shoes? <laughs> if you have two left feet, these Siamese dancing shoes, specially designed for ballroom dancing, might fix that problem. They were featured in the spoof Better Living catalog in 1981, potentially as a joking way to help couples stay in sync on the dance floor. Essentially, they are the male and female 
shoes sewn together so your legs would automatically move in sync. Look up the picture, it's hilarious. Another odd invention, a mass shaving machine. No longer confined to the factory floor, the assembly line hit power shops in the 19th century with this mass shaving machine. The unusual invention allowed barbers to shave a dozen men simultaneously. Their tagline? A new shaving machine whereby a number of persons may be done at the same time with expedition, ease, and safety. It does not look safe at all. Here's something that people might want to bring back. Illuminated tires. Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company wanted to add flair to cars across America with illuminated tires. The tires were outfitted with 18 internal light bulbs. Despite being well-received, the flasher tires were too costly and impractical to produce on a large scale. A set was installed on the Golden Sahara II, a concept car from 1954. The car was restored to all its futuristic glory in 2019, complete with a new set of four glowing tires from Goodyear. What could be more embarrassing in the 1950s than accidentally dragging your sleeve through a stick of butter as you reach across the table? American amateur inventor Russell E. Oakes solved that problem with a spider-like gadget. The gadget simply was placed over the stick of butter so your sleeve wouldn't go across it. Today's diners solve the issue with luxurious covered butter keepers or by politely asking someone else to pass the dish they need. Well, that's all for today's episode of Legacy Story. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, it was both fact-filled and fun for you to listen to, and I thank you for listening. If there's anything that you'd like to hear about on the show, please feel free to email me. You can do so by emailing LegacyStoryPodcast at Infinancer.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Plus, don't forget to follow me on social media at your legacy story, except for Twitter, which is the legacy story. You can also follow me at Infinancer. If you're interested in changing your trajectory through financial coaching, business coaching, or personal coaching, you can book a discovery session with me at infinancer.com. I-N-F-I-N-A-N-C-E-R.com. Until next time, ciao.